0: What's going on? Welcome to season four of the Friar Town Pod. Our first episode here of season four. Matt and I, we're going to talk about the Friar's two scrimmages. And then we got some new segments for you. Uh, We're going to have some hot takes for you. Obviously, uh, that's probably a temporary thing here, but also a Friar fun fact, which we'll be doing every episode. So kind of give, kind of give. You all a little uh, blast from the past. So, all right, let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to season four, officially, of the Town Pod. Um, only <laughs> 20 episodes in, but <laughs> so we've uh, spanned that across. This is our fourth season now. Nate Carrera here with Matt Shaker. Uh, it is Tuesday, October something. Tw- the 25th, yeah. 25th, yep. And uh, we have two scrimmages in the books now.
1: Yeah, uh, we got a little of squad action and yep. a little D2 action.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Matt and I were both at the Inter Squad one, but just Matt was there versus uh AIC it is, I believe. Yeah. So we're gonna um we're gonna talk about what we've seen there, uh, with those two games and we're gonna do a little segment at the end, give you uh some bold predictions for the season. Uh probably a little bit of a shorter pod here, but let's let's just go over these first two games, Matt. So, um you know, we'll go for our biggest takeaways. Uh, we don't have to obviously do game by game over here, but you know, just what we've seen and uh, yeah, let's start this thing off. I mean, obviously, minutes are spread around pretty, pretty decently in both games. Even though we didn't see really uh any of the white guys come on the floor and <laughs> the scrimmages, <laughs> but, you know. Hey, you know, I, we got we got to we got to <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool you didn't do it but after the scrimmage you got to go over and meet all of the players and the women's team which was pretty cool but got to chat a little bit and stuff you know chop it up <laughs> so yeah it was, that that was pretty cool i mean it was basically like you know all like kids there with their parents and then me and chrissy you
1: know freaking 25 year olds but just so whatever. you guys know chrissy is our number one fan um we kind of taken him under our wing and started to show him what the Friar Faithful was all about. Yeah. yeah uh, I got two season tickets and, did, you
0: know, haven't, you know, in years past, whatever, I've never had, like, really somebody consistently coming to the games. I've been to a lot of games by myself and whatever. Matt's got an extra seat near him down in, you know, freaking courtside over there. I'll go down. But uh, yeah, Chrissy started uh, following along last year. Chrissy Pants, number. One fan of the Friartown pod, Mr. Pants. Yeah. All right. Enough of that bum. <laughs> All righty. So let's talk about what we saw. So, walk in the gym that Saturday, inter intra- squad scrimmage, and uh, we meet up with you down on the floor, Matt. And the first thing I said was, Holy mother of God, the body of Brace Hopkins, Devin Carter, just being right up next
1: to those guys. Um, the very first thing that you turned and said to me was, Brace Hopkins is an NBA player. Yeah. You didn't even see him pick up a basketball yet with just his body. Yeah, he's got the body of one he, for sure. You know, you don't expect him to be a sophomore in college oh. the way that he's built.
0: Yeah, and I was um, – Bill Koch of the Providence Journal came over, talked to us, and he was like, yep, that's, that kind of body gets you into Kentucky, man. You know, he's, he ain't lying. I mean, that dude's got some serious athleticism to him. And, uh, I mean, this, this team – just does i mean the athleticism that they brought in this offseason and you know last pod whatever we touched up on the five transfers that seems like ages ago i mean we were just looking at it last time we recorded was april so it's been a while since we talked about this guys but now that we've laid eyes on them i mean it's it's different. it's insane it's yeah
1: just the level of athleticism this team can bring to the table this year and, and we're not talking about one guy we're not just talking about hopkins of course he's a big part of it but in terms of athleticism we're talking about you know, they're really 11 guys deep in terms of being dynamic athletes, different level athletes, 11 guys deep. I've never seen anything like this come through, come through the Friar, uh program.
0: Oh, yeah, they are extremely deep. And, um, you know, are they going to play 11 deep all year? No, no. obviously. He usually trims it down to 8, got to 8. You know, Breed was like that 8th guy last year, but they also didn't have the depth that they do this year.
1: Yeah, I I- exactly. You, I mean, like you just said, they didn't have the depth. I mean, you know, you had Brayson Good on. He could play a couple minutes. But after that, I mean, he was really your ninth guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but after that, they had walk- uh No, they, I'm sorry. They had Chris Monroe, who wasn't going to play. Jeez, yeah. Cash were <laughs> registered last year. You know, you didn't really have much in terms of options, but this year, you're just talking about one dynamic athlete after another, after another, after another, and whether or not they have the actual, they can actually play basketball, well, we'll get into what we've seen so far, but in terms of actual game experience, it's yet to be seen. But I tend to think that given how highly recruited these guys were, they're not just athletes. No,
0: and Castro's another one. When we first walked in that gym, I was like, whatever you see him during warm-ups, and then literally in the first five minutes of the game, I was like, how did this guy not play last year? I mean, whatever, oh. I get it whatever i mean like we were talking about off air he hasn't played basketball games in 3 years yeah years so i can understand why but uh covid and redshirting and yeah wow i mean i i think i fell in love i think he, i i've been telling you i think carter's going to be my new favorite player i think it's castro actually so you know something you look a little bit like devin carter i, I can see it <laughs> Yeah, maybe if I could, you know, curl my hair up a little bit, you know, grow like a foot. Um, back in August, I bumped into Castro and Alan Breed out in Thayer Street one night grabbing food. And um, whatever, they were wearing like jump shoots and stuff. So I didn't really get the size Castro up. Obviously, he's, you know, tall as shit, but... You get to check him out? Yeah, you know, yeah. and then, I you know, I see him on the court and I'm like, this is... This is Giannis with 50 less pounds of
1: muscle, basically. Dude, (laughs) basically, he's dribbling. He's handling the ball full court, running as fast as the guards, and not turning it over. And he's 6'10", 6'11". How many guys, really, are built like that? I know. I mean, you want to talk
0: about under the radar, you know, next level, some guy that might get an NBA shot. I mean, he's got a body that if he produces, I mean, some team's going to take a shot on that kid. And, uh, well, I mean, he produced. He produced in both games and fairly well. And um, I really, really liked what I saw from Castro.
1: Yeah, same here. I mean, that kid can jump out of the gym. He really can. And, and on top of that, like I just pointed out, he's got the ability to get up and down the court like guards at that size. Um, and, and, you know, they said that his – his offensive game was a work in progress. I think the kid will be fine in terms of shooting the basketball. I think that the kid will be fine in terms of putting it, putting it back in. In terms of his, his awareness on the court, he seemed fine. Uh, you know, maybe he's still a work in progress, like we just pointed out a couple times. Now, he was really missed about three years of basketball. So, yeah, definitely some learning to grow, uh, some growth to be had there, but I don't think that he's nearly as far away from being the guy. The man, the it, that everybody talks about him. As, as people think that he is.
0: Yeah, and think about this year. I mean, you know, not to look like too far ahead, but you know, gets groomed a little bit this year. Whatever plays, you know, maybe 20 about twenty. Game. Yeah, yeah. Next year he's gonna have
1: a starting role. A starring role. <laughs> I mean, potentially. I mean, I know we're getting probably getting a little ahead of ourselves right now, but. Uh, the kid has endless upside yeah endless Six eleven, handle the ball a tremendous shot block can leap to the moon knows how to rebound too We're not just talking about guys just tall and athletic yeah
0: his arms are so long bro like oh, that yeah. dude can like stand up straight and like touch his kneecaps like it's insane bro the way he was rebounding the ball like just swatting things and obviously in the inter squad scrimmage like we talked about it but it's like these guys know each other so like it there was you know Obviously, like, an excessive amount of, like, blocks and whatever. I mean, they weren't taking it, like, as serious as, like, a real game and stuff like that. But he just impressed me so much. Like, literally, like, three, four, five minutes in that game, I was like, damn, this
1: kid's going to be a contributor this year. Like,
0: he is
1: combat. already what they were hoping that Jimmy Nichols would become. And when I say that, I mean, you're talking about a long, uh, a long, I don't want to use the term skinny, but... I'm not sure, really sure what adjectives he used there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Long, yeah. long and lean. Um, player that can shoot the three, rebound, and block shots. Here's the thing, though Jimmy Nichols lacked the ability to pass that Castro has, and he couldn't stay with guards the way that Castro can. Castro's lateral ability is phenomenal for a guy's size. Absolutely ridiculous. And that's what I think already makes him a different level of player than Jimmy Nichols, mm-hmm. who I was a big fan of, was. Still are. I he am. We can still team.
0: support him. I think he's got one more year left, right? Yeah. Wherever, wherever I, I don't know is. why he
1: didn't really play last year that much. Yeah, where is he? Like NC like Central, Central or something? Game.
0: Yeah, so serious athleticism. Castro went 18-8 and eight in the game versus IAC the other day in 21 minutes. Um, he had a double-double in the inter squad scrimmage, which, you know, we're, it was basically the whole same 10 guys playing the whole time. Uh, yeah. Barry got in a little bit. He was like the 11th guy. But, um, yeah, so speaking of athleticism, uh, let's move on to Bryce Hopkins, man. I mean, 14-6 and six the other day, had 29 in the scrimmage. squad scrimmage. T- so no, like, official box score came out for the inter squad scrimmage. It was just, like, a little write-up, and it had, like, some stats for guys. When you hit me up and said that Bryce had 29 in that game, I was like, "What the hell?" Because I think he didn't score for like the first 10 minutes of the game or something. Yeah, they like wrote up pretty much, yeah, pretty much. And uh, man, he really put on a show. Like he can, he could do it all. Man, he can score all three levels. Uh, he's really impressive to watch, and he's got the potential to be the best player on this team this
1: year, no doubt. So, well, well thoughts on Bryce. I think he has a chance to be the best player in the conference. Whoa! I, know, I just I just tipped my hot oh, take. Oh, okay,
0: but... yeah. Hey, listen. All right.
1: <laughs> yep, hot take number one, baby. Let's let's just go through it. Absolutely. You're looking at a guy that has an NBA body, you're looking at a guy that has an IQ, he's able he's if there was a such thing as a five tool player in basketball, that's what Bryce Hopkins is. He has a beautiful jump shot. He's built like a bull. In the paint, he's tough. He knows how to play. You're talking about a guy there that has lottery pick potential. I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick, especially not in next year's drafts, because next year's drafts going to be loaded. Let's face the facts here. But we're talking about a guy that has legitimate potential. In an, in, a, in an Ed Cooley system, he fits perfectly. He is an Ed Cooley player. Cooley loves that combo forward type uh do it all player. He loved Diallo. Well, Dante Henton was like that. Who by the way, I think is gonna be tremendous in coaching Hopkins. I think Hopkins is gonna learn wonders from him. Because of the pedigree and just you know, I mean Henton just got finished playing overseas, man. Yeah. And if he wanted to, I'm sure he still could. Oh yeah. You know, and just he's the same type of player that just all do it all man do it all that's what he can do that's what Bryce Hopkins is
0: yeah another guy that can do it all Devin Carter man great athleticism once again like I said I stepped in that gym and I saw his body and I was like damn Ooh, I mean you see the highlights of South Carolina dude's flying all yeah. over the place going coast to coast I mean he can he's
1: so here's the thing he's it here's my thing about Carter you know, the, the knock on him was that he started his jump shot a little low and took a little time getting it up. And I definitely could see that. But with that being said, in that scrimmage, that inter-squad scrimmage, when his teammates knew what he was going to be doing, he was hitting some crazy shots from three off the bounce. And I, now I'm thinking to myself, these guys know it's coming, and they still can't stop it. I don't really care how long it takes you to get your shot up. You can still hit it. Who cares? Right. Yeah, Carter was
0: impressive. And honestly, I think the game ended up being pretty close in the inter-squad, but I think think, uh, the black team, they ended up winning. But originally when they said the starting lineup, I'm like, yeah, got a little more talent over there on the black side. But, uh, yeah, Carter was great. Um, Noah Locke, another new guy. We're talking about
1: a guy that's a different level shooter. Yeah. Um, You know, A.J. Reese was great, obviously, you know. He got to try out the Celtics with the claws, and red, uh, red Claws. I'm sorry. What are the yeah, he's gonna, red claws? He, they're the main, they the main Celtics, Celtics now. now? He's yeah. on the roster. Yeah, he's on their roster. Like, that's With that's Kamar amazing. Baldwin, by the way. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but, you know, thank you, AJ, for everything that you gave to Friartown throughout your time here. Much appreciated. But moving forward, Noah Locke, I'm not sure we've ever had a shooter like that. And, no, he doesn't have the same size as A.J. Probably you shave a couple inches there. But he's going to function in the offense the exact same way. And he is nothing short of a knockdown shooter. His release is as quick as anybody. It truly is. Uh, you know, last year was his worst year. It was four years so far in college shooting from three. And he's, you know, he, he shot uh, 38% as a freshman from three on just about six attempts per game. That's at Florida. In the SEC, good conference, good competition. Um, his sophomore year, he shot forty three percent on once again, six six attempts from three per game. In the SEC for Florida, in his third year, he shot forty or just over forty percent from three in the SEC for Florida. It doesn't get much better than that in terms of competition, and if he's able to put up those numbers, on, you know, five and a half six attempts per game in that conference, that's that's ridiculous. And then, of course, last year, Louisville, we don't really need to get into that. Nobody worked out well in Louisville. Especially not Chris Mack. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, 39% for his career, averaging six threes a game. I mean, he's going to be the guy that, you know, I mean, listen, for his career he averages 10 points a game, but seems like he's going to be a pretty consistent, you know, you can rely on him. It's you 12 a points three, a game, about.
1: You need a three, that's your man. Yeah. And, and it's going to be crazy, too, because we all know how great Bonham was last year, probably to a bit of an unsustainable level. But you're looking at two guys that can be dynamic three-point shooters. Guys that can create off the bounce and can also shoot off the catch. And I'm, I don't remember the last time that PC had two shooters like they do, potentially, with those two guys.
0: Yeah, and... um the other guys, Clifton Moore, um, he yeah. had, he, he, was, he, he showed things that uh, we haven't really necessarily seen at the center position from the Friars in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about shot blocking. But on the offensive we're talking about a, a guy that's 6'10", 6'11", that can pass and that can play both inside and out, score both in the low post. He's got a nice little left hand and right. Well, right hand, he's right-handed. Um, but also, he's got the nice level left-handed hook and that he can also shoot the three. You know, he's got a beautiful jump shot. And you get it off pretty quickly for a guy's size. He's going to be a very valuable player to this team. You know, he comes with uh, four years of experience, really five, because he had to sit out that 2019-2020 season when he was transferring from Indiana to LaSalle. And of course, when he was visiting Indiana, you know who he was on the visit with. Providence College great Al Durham. And when he went to LaSalle, that year he sat out. Guess who starred at Center for LaSalle that year? Providence College, soon to be considered elite center in college basketball, Ed Croswell. Is that another hot take? Oh, shit. I'm just coming up with those hot takes <laughs> yeah. like crazy today. Hey, let's <laughs> go. Damn. Um, and, and then, of course, he took over for Ed. So there's some irony there, I suppose. Now he's going to be playing among, amongst, you know, I should say, alongside Ed. Uh, but you know, when you talk about game plan, Nate, and where there are three real big guys in terms of Croswell, uh, Clifton Moore, and Rafael Castro fit in, I think you can play any three of those big guys next to each other, or next to Hopkins. And I think that the versatility there and the depth there is it's. I'm not sure once again, I know I've been saying it a lot, I'm not sure we've ever seen the potential of having that type of front court depth.
0: Yeah. I mean there was some versatility last year because Mania could slide and basically cover, you know, Anybody. all five positions. Yeah. Um, so he allowed that flexibility for them last year. But you're right, I mean these guys Hopkins can be your three or your four. Uh, you can play two of the big guys next to each other. You can play them with Hopkins. You can play them with they played
1: like, Bynum, Locke, Carter. Like They played a lineup last, uh, during the scrimmage for a couple minutes, not too long, where they had, I can't remember if it was Pierre or Bynum, and then they had Hopkins, Castro, Moore, and Croswell. That's a gigantic lineup. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but I mean, that, Yeah. Skill-set-wise, it fits. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time or it's ever going to happen at all in a real game, but we only saw it for a couple of minutes, but we still saw it. Like it was Ed Coley was at least considering this to be an actual possibility at times. Now, think about the size, the athleticism in that lineup. And the thing is, you get guys that are between 6'6 six, six and 7 feet tall that can shoot with incredible athleticism. Why not try it for a couple of minutes in a scrimmage? You never know what you're going to come out of that. Tell you what, that lineup, if it actually came to fruition, could be lethal. I don't think. I don't think you get in the paint on that lineup. No, absolutely not. You're not getting in the paint, but you're also defensively. Good luck breaking the three-point line.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a long. No, I'm just saying that's a long, big lineup.
1: Offensively, offensively for PC, defensively for the for the other team, for the opposing team. Oh yeah, there's no way they're stopping them because you're having just imagine. Castro's cut in the basket, all right? And you got Clifton Moore in the, in the post. Flips it backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's yeah. a, And then you got Hopkins and who can score any, any possible he wants. He can shoot the three, he can drive, and he can post up. And, he, and, you know, as great as Nate Watson was, he wasn't the greatest passer on the post. One thing that I can say about the 11 guys that they have, 11 scholarship players that they have this year, Every single one of those guys can pass the basketball. Each and every one. It's amazing. It it really, it's it's a beautiful thing to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, they can do, they can uh, manipulate lineups a lot of ways, force other teams. I mean, they go big like that, right? I mean, the other team can't play, you know, more than one player. That's, you know, shorter than like 6'5", 6'4". Yeah, there's... So much that they can do with their lineups and their versatility this year, it's it's pretty incredible. And, um, you know, Corey Floyd, the last transfer here, you know, didn't stand out, you know, in any, any specific area. I was like, wow, like he dominated there, but he did a lot of the little things great. Didn't score a bunch. I mean, he scored eight points the other day in 16 minutes. Not so much in the inter-squad scrimmage game, but, um, you know. I wasn't there for the game versus AIC. You were. What do you got on Corey? All right. This kid
1: is 18 years old still. He's a sophomore. And he is built like a train. All right. If he's going to the basket, just get out of the way. Unless you want to be out for the year. Yeah. Just get out of the way. He is. He's pretty thick. You know, I only saw him shoot one three. I don't, I'm, I don't think he hit it. His shot's not broken. He'll definitely be able to hit the three. But he's young but he's not built like a young man. He's built like a grown man. You, you don't, don't, even, don't even get in his way. he wants to go to the basket, let him go. That's my advice to all defensive players. I don't care if you're uh, a fifth-year senior or if you're a freshman. I, I don't really care. Just get out of the way. This kid's built like a, like a train. Um, in terms of defense, I like what he brings defensively. I think that he, he brings the athleticism, but I also think that, like I said, he's built like a man. He's strong. And he's six, about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's not the tallest guy, but I think because of his athleticism and, more importantly, his strength, it allows him to play some minutes as a, more of a wing than a guard. And I, and I think that that's where he truly fits on this team is a, his ability to do a little bit of everything, but more importantly, his ability to just get to the basket. Just so quick and, and just so powerful. More powerful than quick, but he's still quick.
0: Yep, and Bynum...
1: Croswell breed. Oh, you know. one more thing too about Floyd, he's like I said, he's eighteen years old, but he doesn't play like an eighteen-year-old. You would never know it. His birthday, his birth year is literally two thousand and four. Think yes. about this. He's he's almost ten years old, ten years younger than we are, and we're talking about somebody that right, and we're we're, we're talking about somebody that would. He's, he, he's just. It's I've never seen anything like it terms of somebody at that age and what's crazy is he's probably going to be there between their eighth and their 10th guy this year at least to begin the year and 10 years ago he probably would have been a starter those pre-done years probably would have been a starter
0: yeah yeah so ed jared and uh breed you know they just you know we know these guys you don't need to you don't need to go in too depth well, they know what like they're going to bring? Yeah, but Breed whatever is, you got.
1: Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, with Alan Breed, we saw a, some, a little bit of him as a freshman where he just looked tremendous. You know, he almost had that triple-double against Villanova as a freshman. and You could say one of two things. You could say Alan Breed is going to go on and he's going to he's going to earn himself a starting role on a, on a potential Elite 18 this year. Or you could go and you could say that he's going to be out of the rotation. And the reason why I say that is because Alan Breed does everything right. He really does. He hasn't turned the ball over. Plays tremendous defense. Can guard three positions. Very well. Good passer. But will he be able to put the ball in the net enough to stay on the court? That's the real question for him. And so far from what I've seen from him is yes. He will be able to do that. You know, If you think about it, he doesn't need to be your number one option. He can be your number five option on the court. And on a team as talented as what they have this year, they can afford to have him on the the court as their number five option. As long as he's able to hit open jump shots and... Bill be able to finish at the rim. And from what I've been able to see from him this year, he can definitely finish at the rim. Actually, he seems to be a little bit more crafty getting to the rim this year, which I like to see. And the jump shots, we didn't really see much of it in the game against AIC, but in that scrimmage, the intra-squad scrimmage, the Mel Brown game, he was putting them up and he was hitting them. I Maybe mean, one or two of them, whatever. So, you know, I'm happy with that. It looks like some type of progression there. I think a lot of that might stem from confidence. But, you know, at this point, he's a junior. He's a third-year guy. Cooley loves his veterans. I think Allen Bree gets a chance to play. Yeah, it's going to be
0: – I mean, like you said, that 8-10, it's kind of – you know, he's going to be in competition for minutes with Floyd and, um, you know, the freshman, Jaden Pierre, and we'll talk about Pierre and Barry here. Um, Pierre's been
1: yeah, opening nice. some
0: eyes. Yeah. I mean – he in that in that intra squad game at the end, I mean he was just taking over the offense for the team he was playing on. I think it was the white team they were coming back, i think, and um I mean he was scoring he was dishing out like he just he was the point guard on that team uh the quarterback essentially and uh that was impressive and then you know I wasn't there the other day, but obviously, I saw the dunk and um
1: he caught the ball yeah. on the in the uh um in the corner, and in less than a flash of a second, he was jamming it, having gone baseline. He burnt two guys, like they were standing still. And sure, they're Division <laughs> Two players, but still, we're talking about a good Division Two team. We're not just talking about any D two team. And even then, they're still college basketball players, good college basketball. Just burnt right by him. Uh, and here's a big thing for in terms of Pierre. Um, that, that's really opened my eyes about him is his ability to shoot the basketball. His He gets up so high on his shot, and it's so beautiful, and he gets off so quickly. You know, everybody was talking about him as a penetrator coming into PC, but having seen his jump shot, I think he's much more than just a penetrator. That and something, too, is his pause his, his, <laughs> his poise. His poise. He go. does not look like a freshman at all. He looks like he's a junior or a senior. He looks like a seasoned veteran out there. And, and more more importantly, probably, he looks like a kid that just wants to go out there and have fun. You know? Um, it, it's really going to be incredible to see how Ed Cooley manages to get this kid minutes this year. Because of the fact that he is a point guard and Jared Bond is a point guard. And neither of them are incredibly large guards. But somehow, some way, Ed Cooley will find this kid minutes Jaden Pierre is the next point guard at Providence College following the Jared Bynum era, and he will be the man, and as Ed Cooley said, he will be a household name in no time.
0: Yeah, very impressive. I like what I've seen from Pierre.
1: He doesn't back down either. The job that he did on Bynum, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Jared Bynum's an established point guard. He's a guy that should have been on the Bob Cousy watch list. That's what he should have been. Another hot take, huh? (laughs)
0: Maybe not
1: in Friartown But (laughs) (laughs) should start ringing a bell Every time it's a hot table Yeah Right (laughs) Um, Exactly But seriously though Jared Bonham's elite He is He's one of the most underrated players In college basketball Ding (laughs) Yeah
0: I mean if we had some like You know real uh, Production Skills over here We could uh, (laughs) Maybe whip something up But listen you know It's uh, It'll be coming soon It's tough when you're recording On a phone app But uh (laughs) Let's Let's uh you know just to wrap this uh scrimmage game versus AIC up. Um so they go 5 for 17 from 3. Obviously not the best about 30%, but 36 of 50 from two two point land. Like that's 72%. Whatever. Playing AIC, whatever. 72 is still tough to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so that that was impressive speaks to their athleticism able to get to the basket um some concerning things uh we talked about it but you just give you know your opinion on it i mean the rebounding the only rebounded at aic by four 40 to 36 um so they were plus four there um you mentioned that it was just
1: kind of a lot of bad luck involved there and yeah you know the ball bouncing off guys hands guys almost colliding going for the ball going for the rebound Stuff that's going to work, it's well, should work itself out. Yeah. Uh, That's what I felt like a lot of that was. Easy to clean up. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely something that I'm not really too concerned about. Uh, But the one thing that really does concern me, and I think also concerns you as well, is the free throw shooting. Last year, how many games did PC win on the free throw strike? Yeah. That's when the game was on the line. You knew the, the the name of the game was to get out to the free throw line. And sure, you know, they went out and they got Devin Carter this year because he was what uh, in the top twelve guys and get percentage-wise and getting to the free throw line. Top twelve percent in the country last year as a freshman. Tremendous. But here's the thing if you can get if you consistently get to the free throw line and you consistently can't hit free throws, and even if fifty percent the fifty percent that they shot that game is an outlier, which I'm sure it is, if you're only as a team shooting 65, 70 percent, you're not going to win games, to be complete honest. You need to shoot better than that at the line. And I think they have the personnel to do it. It's just, you know, they have to to do it. Um, And just because I think that they have the personnel that's capable of doing it doesn't mean they're going to. So far, we haven't seen them actually physically do it. Uh, And like I just said, I'll reiterate again. They won games last year because of their ability to to hit free throws. Horkler, a fantastic free throw shooter for a big guy. Uh, Reeves was a very good free throw shooter. <clears throat> Bonham hit free throws last year at a decent clip. And, you know, they had one of the best free throw shooters in the nation last year in Aldura, And also, in him, a guy that could get to the line like nobody else. <laughs> you know, so... I mean, you're losing a lot there in terms of free-throw shooting. Your only real guy that's back in that department is Bynum. Uh, you know, you didn't really expect... You don't really expect to get much out of out of Croswell at the free-throw line. Um, you know, it's more of a... An, anything you get from him there is kind of uh, added. But you get, you got to expect to get stuff something from the guys that are going to be getting to the line a lot. They're going to be getting the ball a lot in terms of... Uh, around the basket, in terms of Castro, Hopkins... Bynum Carter. Those are probably your top four guys they're gonna and, and more. Those are probably your, your top five guys that are gonna be getting the free throw line. And it's funny because the majority of those guys can shoot the three ball really well. They have beautiful shots. Let's just see if it translates to the free throw line.
0: Yeah, very well said. So that basically wraps up our thoughts there on the uh, two scrimmages. Uh, they have one more left this Saturday. I think like 4 o'clock or something. Um, Against... Who the hell is it against, Matt?
1: I don't remember. Oh, Assumption. Assumption, yes. Conley kid. Yes, Cooper Crete. Your boy. Watch out for the name. Yes, he went to my high school. Um, I remember seeing him play in high school when he was at Bishop Conley, which is Catholic High School in Fall River, Mass. Um, And... He was he was very very good shooter. He's six eight, you know. Definitely going to be a fine Division two player, without a doubt. That being said, best of luck to you, Cooper. Um, I'm not sure you ever played against anybody like Bryce Hopkins before. <laughs> and I genuinely mean that yeah, when I say, you uh, know, yeah. you want to see the guys that from your school that come after you and before you, whatever. You want to see guys that have some type of connection to do well. And I, I don't know him personally, but. I know the number of people that do, and they all say he's a nice kid. Uh, I know his father played overseas for a while. He's originally from Australia. I believe he was an exchange student in the United States originally. I could be wrong there. But, um, you know, best of luck to you.
0: All right. So, yeah, that that final scrimmage game before the big um, season opener on the eighth against Ryder. Um, It's going to be a – it's gonna be a full house, man. People are gonna to want to see that. Uh, oh yeah, that Big East banner go up, man. And Absolutely. They don't even they don't even have any of the banners up right now for PC. I don't. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they had them up for the AIC, but for the no, Inter Squad, yeah. all, all
1: the retired numbers, they're all down.
0: Yeah, they retired all their NCAA tournaments. Obviously, they had to like, you know, add to some of those banners, right? But um, all the P Bruins ones are up. So yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun ceremony. Get there early. Um, for that one we'll, we'll come to you guys Um, prior one more time prior to the season we're gonna you know we're gonna touch up on the big east and stuff I know that isn't for another you know two months the big east play but uh you know well a lot of transfers man I mean you got teams and I mean we had five right a lot of teams in this conference had four or five guys so you know we're gonna we're gonna touch up on that stuff one time right at the beginning uh right before the season so we'll come to you one more time then but right now we're gonna do some bold predictions here so matt and i we got a couple matt showed his hand already on a few um we're just
1: talking about all all the transfers right you know how many transfers are in the big east this year have come into the big east 30 yeah so that's 30 transfers three a team and we're talking about impact guys too right we're not just talking about scrubs And Marquette only had one of those 30. (laughs) So, I mean, you're looking at probably on average probably three or four guys per team. And like you just said, impact guys. We're not just talking about guys that are going to be sitting on the bench.
0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of turnover, a lot of change. It's a stacked conference this year. I mean, PC's got a good-ass team. A lot of these teams beefed up, beefed up big time. A lot of new coaches. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But right now, non-conference Worry about that. Take care of business there. All right, bowl predictions time. Matt, you showed your hand on a few.
1: You say that, what, Bynum's going to be a finalist for the Koozy Award? Absolutely. You know, it's kind of mind-blowing to me that, considering the step that he took between two years ago and last year, that he wouldn't be on that list, especially considering what he did in conference play last year. Yeah. It was absolutely absurd. I mean, for a while, he was shooting 50% from three, and I get, you know, that's probably a pretty unsustainable clip. No, oh, definitely. But it doesn't mean that he can't shoot 40% from three and hand out five, six dishes a game. Right, exactly. And, and right there, you're talking about one of the top point guards, not only in the conference, but in the country.
0: Yeah. Undebatedly. On, on that preseason thing, what? Well, they have, like, 20 names on there, right?
1: Yeah. It's, about?
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at some of these names, and It's we're a pretty about, significant like, list. We're not talking about, like, top 10, top five here, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, one of those guys was Nemhard from Creighton, a fine player. Don't get me wrong, but we're also talking about a guy that is a little less unestablished in terms of being elite um, than Jared Bonham has been. Not to say that he's not going to be a great player, but still, yeah, twenty names. Yeah. yeah, and another guy that's on that a guy that another guy that's on that list, Javon Quinley, former Villanova Wildcat, <laughs> who's now yep. playing. Tremendous basketball for Alabama, but I still question: is, is does Quinterly deserve to be on there over Bonham? You know, this we got Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy. I mean, come on, what how can f- you put a guy on there from there? From Full Detroit of, Mercy. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Over college. Jared Bonham, who it was so just tremendous last year, absolutely tremendous. Darius McGee from Liberty. Come on, now we're talking mid majors. And, and sure, Maximoff is on there from Oral Roberts. You know, not a premium conference, not Power 5, but Maximoff is a tremendous player. Yeah, he belongs Oh, man. yeah, he belongs there. But these other guys, it's like, who who are you? <laughs> so, so Bynum was one of yours in... Uh, I know I know PC was going after Davis some, a couple of years. Uh, last year, I want to say it was, so I'm sure he's pretty good, but... um, Well, still. I mean, that, at the end of the year, that's just a
0: preseason kind of like watch list, whatever. I mean, it's I'm crazy. sure there's a good chance he's there.
1: Kyle Clark, come on, man. <laughs> Come on, the guy's gonna shoot thirty percent from three, you know, five assists per game, probably as many as Bonham's going to this year. Right, and he's gonna average ten points per game. Bonham could average fifteen points per game with his eyes closed, probably this year if he gets the if he gets the opportunity. So you're going Bonham there, and you also, uh, you know,
0: mention Hopkins. What about Hopkins? What was that? Big East Player of the Year. Big East Player of the Year. Yeah, that is. He, I don't, he's not getting enough. I mean, you look at these preseason polls and stuff, and it's like, whatever, new guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the case against them. I think he's got a pretty good chance to be the best player on the team this year. And if you're gonna put, listen, Bynum deserves to be preseason all first team. I get that he was second team last year. Hopkins has a very good chance to be on that Big E's first team this year, and he's going to be in the conversation for the... I agree with you. I totally agree with that hot take. I agree with the Bynum one, too, but the Hopkins one I felt pretty strongly about.
1: Right. So, I mean, for myself anyways, and I know we're probably going to get into this on another episode, but my conference player of the year, Baylor Sharp. I think that you take what he was able to do last year playing on an inferior all-around team, and you put him alongside... Arthur Kaluma, who I think will be a lottery pick uh, after the season, and you put him next to Demhard and Alexander and, and the reigning defensive player of the year and Cockburner is going to be back, you're looking at a team that's – you're looking at a guy that could just completely explode. Not not my reigning defensive player of the year. No, of course. Not uh, mine. Not mine either.
0: Hashtag, uh-huh. hashtag not my depoy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I had another hot take too. Um, oh, yeah, you did. You, I'm not sure if you remember where I was going with this. But Defensive Player of the Year, Big East, 2022 2023 season. Who is it? Ah, oh, Devin Carter. Devin <laughs> Carter. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks.
0: I mean, we've already had uh, one Gamecock transfer get robbed, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it happens again. Usually, I mean, they, they look and they're like, oh, Calk Brenner swats three balls a game. We're just going to give it to him. I mean, it was so obvious that Manaya.
1: I mean, to us at least, was Mania had the lowest field goal percentage yeah. against, and he did it. He you could put him on one of four spots. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter who the matchup was. Didn't have the counting, steps. and it was going to happen. You know what I mean? And, so... Yeah, I, and and you know something though, I would rather have a guy like that than just a ball hawk or a swatter. Oh yeah, those guys that are that are putting up the stats are also making falls. How often did Mania ever get in foul trouble? Maybe once or twice all season. And long. taking chances that bite them in the ass, like, right? Going and, and but when it counted. You better bet he was going to get that steal. He was going to get that block. Because he could whenever he wanted to. But yeah. ultimately, he just didn't want to let you score. He didn't want to let you get in a rhythm. And he never did. Look what he did to Oshay Abaji last year. Right. In that game. And then look what he did to Remy Martin in the second half. He held Remy Martin to two points in the second half after he had, what was it, 20 or 22 in the yeah, first after half? He I went it was. 20, nuts. I think it was. Because I think he had 22 in the game. Yeah, you know it well, wasn't
0: and, on him early enough in that one.
1: Yeah. Exactly, I mean we can get into that another day. But they could <laughs> have beaten that <laughs> kid. They can they could have beaten that Kansas team. Oh yeah. You know one one little thing here, one little adjustment there. Maybe you know. You had to leave. N- not taking left. fadeaway threes with one of your best three point shooters when there's nobody near you. Come on, Noah. I love you, but come on. Yeah. So I got some hot takes. My first
0: one is um, I hate the amp because I woke up. Dumb late, the day before the interest scrimmage. Didn't have my coffee. Expected to walk in to the first stand through the gates and get one. And Dunkin' Donuts is now a Coca-Cola zone. And there's no coffee in the whole stadium. And I know this because I snuck down to the media room. They didn't have coffee down there. And then I went down to the little fancy-schmancy bar and VIP section that's underneath the stands. And I asked one of the bartenders if they had coffee. And she told me there's none in the whole arena. So...
1: All right, and, and for
0: It's the a record, joke.
1: It's a joke. Let me answer that. For the record, I don't drink coffee. I like iced coffee once in a while. I used to drink a lot of it when I was in high school. I worked to Dunkin' Donuts. I used to get it for free when we are on the clock and all, but I never liked hot coffee. I still don't. Never have, never will. It's what it is. And I still f- feel the sentiment of, how do you not have coffee in a public venue? Dude, I'm like, just plug a
0: Keurig in somewhere. One of the hot dog stands. I don't care, like... It's ridiculous. Like, these, these, you know, I wake up late, okay? I need to set alarms to get to, like, noon, 1 o'clock games on the weekends. Well, that's what <laughs> happened. I need my coffee, me. bro. And enough for nothing, used to be able to take Dunkin' Coffees into the stadium because it was Dunkin' Donuts and it was a Dunkin' product. I'm sure they're not going to allow it this year. So, whatever. Just just come on. Come on. Let's, let's get that straight. Seriously. <laughs> whatever. Okay, not really a hot take, more of a vent. Um... <laughs> All right, my first hot take. I'm going to go stats here. Matt went awards. I went stats. Rafael Castro is going to be the first player in about 13 years. Last one that I did it was 9 and 9 10 Jameen Peterson. Peterson average 10 rebounds a game. Okay, if Rafael Castro is playing 20, 22 minutes a game, he's going to be able to pull down 10 boards. Like I said, his wingspan is absolutely ridiculous. He's going to be the tallest player on the court uh, a decent amount of the time especially during non-conference play, he can really beef those numbers up. I mean, this dude can legitimately have like 15 rebound games if he's playing, you know, 25 minutes against Stonehill. Okay, so I'm going to go with that for Castro. My second one, I want to do something about Breed. We talked about it. I couldn't figure out what the stat is. Alan Breed's just going to be... He's going to be a, a different kind of offensive player. I think he's actually going to improve his three-point percentage by ten to fifteen percent this year. He shot it at twenty twenty-seven percent as a freshman. Only twenty-one percent last year. He had a really bad streak where for about a month and a half, he only went like two for twenty-five. You take that out, he's actually a pretty, you know, respectable three-point shooter. Just what I saw in the scrimmage, he didn't do it really against AIC. He only shot one three. But in the scrimmage, he was spotting up. He was letting it chuck from deep. If he's going to be out there, he's probably going to be the fifth option on offense. Just sit in the corner. Sit in the corner. Work on that shot. Think about Grant Williams with the Celtics, right? Worst offensive player on the court most of the time. Just sit in the corner. When you get the ball, learn how to shoot the damn corner three. Allen Breed... I'm assuming he's probably been working on it uh, because he let about five of them fly in the intra-squad scrimmage, and he hit a few. So I'm going to go with Breed. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, dude shot like 50 threes in his whole career, okay? Not a large sample size here, but 21% last year. I'll say he'll get closer to 35% and, you know, not essentially be a threat. He's not going to be freaking Noah Lock, A.J. Reeves out there, but um, I expect him to improve in that area. And then Matt and I, this is our this is our gift to you, our children. Um, Providence. So preseason poll: Providence is picked fifth. Um, it went Creighton, Xavier, Villanova, UConn, then Providence. Man, I, however, think for the second year in a row. Did you say Xavier? Yeah. Oh, okay. For the second year in a row, PC will uh, will finish ahead of Villanova in the big East standings. We're not gonna come out here and say problems are gonna go back to back. That's gonna be tough. I mean, you got like we said, this conference is beefed up. Uh some teams just went crazy in the transfer portal. I mean Creighton's the ninth ranked team.
1: Yeah. And you know, people poll. are saying that Creighton could potentially win the national championship. Yeah, they're a at threat. some point in the year they could be the favorite too. You know, I mean they're they're a legitimate team and they're very deep this year. Uh, they're gonna be able to do some damage, that's for sure. Oh, a couple of questions that I do have in terms of, and I'm sure we'll get into another pod, but a question that I, a couple of questions that I have actually revolve around St. John's this year uh, in terms of how good Andre Curbelo can be. He's a transfer from Illinois. He was preseason first-team All-American last year as a, as, a soft, uh, yeah, as a sophomore and wound up not even starting and actually falling out of Illinois' rotation altogether at some point. Uh, down toward the end of the season. But now he's at St. John's. He's supposed to be completely playing the best basketball of his life. Him and Posh Alexander are going are to be the starting guards. The real question is, neither of them are great shooters. Can Carbello and Posh Alexander play well enough together in the half court to warrant the two of them being out there on the court together? If they're able to, it's going to mean that one of the two of them is going to take an incredible lead offensively in terms of the ability to shoot three. And if they're able to do that, my another bold prediction this one I to do with the conference, I think that St. John's has a chance to finish as a top three or four team in the conference.
0: Yeah. I think they're gonna be a tournament team this year. I think they're gonna finally put it together and um yeah. I mean this conference is stacked. I mean you could you could legitimately have, you know, seven teams make the tournament from this conference, so yeah, we're, we're going to touch up on all the conference stuff, all the transfers and stuff next time. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go with PC finishing above Nova. We'll, we'll do that. Neptune, you got to prove it to us, baby. You got to show us. okay? Because yeah. right now we got the coaching advantage, and uh, we, we may be deeper too. So, I mean, obviously they have a lottery pick on that team. Whatever, good yeah, for Cam you. He, yeah, Cam he's, he's
1: an elite talent in terms of, you know, uh, an elite freshman in terms of talent. I just saw a mock draft today, and I told you about it. Actually, I think I showed it to you. Where I had Whitmore going up for six overall. And I, as a freshman, that's really saying something right there. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be hurt to be in the season. Justin Moore is probably going to be hurt to be in the season. You know, between the two of them. Moore's going to be coming off, what was not 20 ACL? You never know what's going to happen there. Um, who knows? You know, every year Villanova gets these four or five-star recruits, and a couple of them, like Brian Antone, they wound up not really being much, not really panning out for whatever reason. Um Longino, we'll see how the improvement that he makes. Same thing with Chris Archie Diaco,no Um Trey Patterson, six foot nine forward, you can shoot the three. And you know what I thought was really interesting was seeing on a pre you know preseason all conference teams, uh seeing you know the five Creighton guys all getting votes and um seeing Dixon's name involved. From Villanova. You know, fine player, very good player, can do a lot of different things, but as a big guy, but I'm not really sure that in a, in a conference that's as loaded as the one that the Big East is going to be this year, that he's going to get that much recognition. One guy, another hot take, I'm sorry, we're keeping you here, but another hot take, defensive player of the year, I'm sorry, defensive big guy of the year. Cutest Wahab in his return to the Georgetown Hoyas. You heard it here first.
0: Wahab, dude, he killed PC in a game a few years ago. I'm pretty sure
1: he did. Oh my God! You talk about efficiency though, for Castro. You were talking about that earlier. Nate, a guy that I think that you can talk, you you can kind of mold him after. In a lot of different ways is Tari, who's now in the NBA. And when I say that, I mean I don't think he's that Cash was gonna average seventeen points per game in twenty five minutes per game this year. But I think that like you just said, he could average close to ten rebounds per game. In twenty minutes per game. So I mean you're talking about just efficiency at its finest. Um you know, I I definitely I think that in some ways it's a little bit of a comp there. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you when it comes to Castro. Yeah,
0: so lots to look forward to, obviously. Like we said, one more scrimmage. So the next time we come to you guys, we'll
1: touch up on that. Anything new, I'm sure it's not going to be anything crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were just talking to the Lemon guys. We've been kind of saying that the entire time. I think it's pretty much confirmed that Quante Berry is going to redshirt this year. But we're not talking about the type of red shirt that we've seen guys be in the past where like Legend Geater where they're never gonna play a game in p c <sighs> We're talking about a guy that could be a valuable contributor in the years to come, yeah, it makes sense, well, yeah, well, he's got a he red was, shirt yeah. for the same reasons why Castro did last year he's gonna mm-hmm. put on some weight. I mean, I saw him literally bounce off a kid, and I mean no disrespect by that, but I saw him literally bounce off a kid that uh for a i c and <laughs> The kid can definitely play. There's no doubt about it. He's quick as anything. He's quick as lightning, can handle the ball, can shoot. He's a smart basketball player. Just going to put a little more weight on.
0: Yeah, so it'll be fun to watch what they do. I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to spread those minutes out. Nobody's going to play more than, like, you know, 22, 24 minutes um, Saturday versus assumption, and then, you know, it's two weeks from now, man, two weeks from now. Let's make the amp a madhouse. God, I don't even like calling it that. I hate it. I hate it. I, I hate it even more now they don't have coffee. But what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, what can we do about it? But <laughs> bring my own. To round things up, I think that we ought to give our fan base a thank you. Thank you for uh, three dedicated years to the Friday Town pod. And I think that we also want to give them our new addition to the pod. That we're going to start round everything off with. Our fun fact, our fryer fun fact. <laughs> I was not aware of this. You're aware of it now.
0: Yeah, okay, what let's go.
1: We're just, do, we're just doing segments on the fly. Let's go. <laughs> what senior class is the all time, has, uh, has accumulated the, the most points all time? What senior class? Jeez, I... The 2008, 2009. Providence College Friars. waymie Fajuku, Jeff McDermott, Randall Hankey, Jonathan Colley, Manhattan transfer, Jeff Xavier, one of my favorite players, a great three-point shooter, and three other guys, Burnett, Beloyne, Heine. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, <laughs> three guys that didn't really get that much play. But, um, they combined for a total of five thousand one hundred and twenty one points throughout their time at Providence College.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we've had some pretty significant ones looking at this fifth all time, the nineteen twenty Diallo holt Pipkins, White Young, seventeen eighteen bullet Carray Lindsay, Tom Planick. <laughs> wonder how many he contributed to that class.
1: I think it was about exactly uh, yeah. two free throws. Yeah, right. <laughs> just kidding, we love you, Tom. Thank yeah. you for all the we're, you contribute. Yeah,
0: we're a Tom Planning Podcast.
1: To yeah. the uh to the locker room and getting getting the boys, you know, in shape for four years, <laughs> five years, <laughs> however long it was.
0: <laughs> uh, so like we said, next time we're gonna come at you guys, we'll do some biggies. uh we'll just touch up on the other teams. It won't be too much of a province podcast i think you guys already uh know the players if you are listening to this um i mean if you listen to this you should know them by now but yeah <laughs> we'll uh we'll do we'll do our own little preview we'll go over the preseason polls what players were picked to you know be the best in the conference standings kind of went over the top half of those and stuff and um yeah kind of get you guys brushed up on that a little bit so anything else matt no
1: i think we're good
0: yeah All right, cool. So I'm Nate Carrera. That's Matt Shaker. FTP out. All right, Tom Pod out.